Coming to you by way of the not-for-profit mainframe studios at 900 Keough Way in downtown Des Moines, this is 900 Views, a podcast about building community through the arts as we build an arts community. I'm your host, Pat Bodie, welcoming you back to this podcast after a month's long hiatus. This past year has pointed to the need for this podcast for all of us to better understand what we mean by community, to grapple with what it looks, feels, smells, sounds, and tastes like. I'm excited to welcome one of Mainframe Studios' five Iowa Creative Incubator Fellows to this podcast, whose work is, as he often puts it, about the people, about community. Cameron Gray is a Birmingham native who says he started to see the effects of racism growing up there. He focused on those feelings when he entered his first art class in Auburn. He earned international experience as an artist and a BFA in printmaking from Auburn in 2013. After assistantships, collaborative, and personal shows across the country, he made his way to Iowa State, graduating with his MFA. He currently lives in Ames. His fellowship project has been inspired by the story of Buxton, Iowa, a place Cameron notes was once a sanctuary. So please share, if you would, uh, some of the highlights of this once majority black population coal mining town that inspired it to be your inspiration for a project. Um, so I have, before I even go down that road, I, I think I have to almost talk about how I even got there um, or enough. how I even learned about Buxton, because that's not something that I was familiar with at, at all, like when you have to think about like when I first came here, you know, this was, this was unlike any other place I've ever lived before in my life. Any aspect of. Can you tell me why that is? What? It it, it was, it's, it's very white. If if you want to say that, like I, it, it, it was when I first, when I first came here for even a visit, um, I walked into stomping grounds, which is like a local, cafe to meet up with one of the professors who's going to talk to me more about have you know about me and my work or whatever and I walked in the door and like I was so used to being from St. Louis seeing St. Louis and then being from Birmingham before like no matter where I go I'm able to see someone like myself or my people represented in a space like that and when I walked into this space there was no one and it's and it's and it's odd, and that's an odd feeling to have. To uh, again, like the first time this ever happened to me, or, or that I can think of, of where there was no person, zero people of color, in this particular space, and everyone seemed okay with it, and it and it that kind of bothered me a little bit, um, and it almost stopped me from actually coming here. Um, and then I had conversations with Brenda Jones, who is a, a black artist <clears throat> uh, who works at, uh, who's a professor at Iowa State. And she really hit home. She told me about her experiences here and really hit home why I should stay. And it was mainly her, that conversation that I had with her that was like, you, you know what, just because it's not like this right now doesn't mean that I can't help 
propel it to that place that I want it to be. Um, because I think um, that is something that a lot of people forget is this notion of, you know, it's not a, like when you leave a space looking for that community, you're not helping the community that you left. Right. You're, you're, you're not. So, so then you're almost, you're almost saying that saying to that community that it's okay to be you and there's nothing wrong with this said community that is not um, propagating the community that you're seeking. Um, because I think there's, it, it says, it, it brings a different message from running away from that to then fighting that notion of understanding that this community can be better. And in order for that to happen, it, it requires work. And so, sorry for that little tangent, but. <laughs> no, no, I, 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 was, I was struck because I had written down something that you'd written somewhere. Um, and it was really striking me that this is uh, very similar, that I truly believe that true change doesn't happen from waiting, but from action. The solution is not leaving the city to find a city that aligns with my social ideals, but cultivate a community into the community you believe it can be. Mm -hmm. I, I found that really powerful. And I think what you're saying is, uh, I could have given up on Ames and basically said, oh, it's okay as is, or um, I'm not going to try and do something about it. And instead, you're sitting there saying, no, we're going to make Ames uh, something that it really can and should be. Exactly. Like I, and, and, and people think I'm crazy because <laughs> I decided to stay here. Like, I can't tell you how many times my mentor has been telling me, like, Cam, you got to get out of here, man. Like, in order for you to make it the way you want to make it, um, and the way that I believe you can, you have to, this is not the place for you. And then I, and I always tell him in, in this aspect of like, well, what if that's not the way I want to do it? Because again, all I'm doing is, is almost, almost, um, somewhat giving up on my own ideals to then almost propagate myself to whiteness or this idea of trying to get whiteness to, to see me. Yeah. But what if I don't like I I don't really care if they do see me now like I'm not I'm not making work for them I'm not making work for those particular elite people and if if they want to give me a show at the moment okay I'll take it of course I'm not gonna be mad about it <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time those aren't the eyes that I'm looking for those aren't that 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 particular viewer is not the people that I'm looking for. Because first off, MoMA charges people money to, to even go in to see art. I don't believe that art, art should be for everybody. Because mm -hmm. then again, you're, you're putting an elitist aspect to this to this thing that is should be free to the public. And so, I mean, that's the reason why you're getting such a, a, a like a, a very um, curated version of what blackness is or what, or what they think blackness is. And I, and I have, I have a lot of issues with that. Cause I don't, I don't like, because then it, it then it, it, it again promotes this idea of what they think a true black experience is at the same time. Um, and so going back on to the Buxton and, and what um, my goal is with this particular project is to, to, to really center blackness at, at its core. Um, uh, 
I've always been wanting to create a, a space that is a, a community-based space that is uh, for that that really talks about the brilliance of Black bodies and Black people and the Black experiences, um, but then also giving other people aspects of presenting their own diasporas within it too, as well, uh, the Afro-Cuban uh, experience or the you know the African diaspora as well. Um, there's a lot of things that I'm I I, I don't I, I don't claim to be the 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 quintessential person that knows everything about you know the idea of what blackness is all i can do is just present you my story and listen to yours when you ha have and so i want to provide that space for people to present their stories and to be seen and to be heard and to um to to feel welcome because again like when i'm thinking about um when i'm thinking about that particular space and what I what I believe it can be, it, it's a, it's a space for us. It's a space to for people to breathe, um, and to finally feel seen and heard by individuals uh, who want to hear their story and who appreciate their presence in said community as well. And what was it about Buxton that was the inspiration for these spaces? And, and maybe you could describe them a little bit in more detail too, what you're kind of envisioning is going to take place. The, so I was, I was talking to another uh, black professional um, at a local bar one night. Uh, Cause I just wanted to stop in just to see who was around. And he had complimented me on my, my jacket. And so we started talking and I told him about this particular dream about this thing existing. And, and he was like, have you ever heard of Bucks in Iowa? And I was like, no, what, what's, what's that? And then he went on to elaborate about how this, this beautiful space devoid of all the, the ills of, of what is Jim Crow era America existed this this place in all the places that, again this notion that i always had of iowa is really you know this very very white space and to know that a a, a a a black space was not only existed but thrived um in in iowa it really inspired me to believe that that's something that could happen again because when you don't know that something exists and you want to bring it into reality, there's always that thing in the back of your head is like, well, I know no one's ever done this before. So like, I'm a little, I'm a little wary about how, how, how this could actually work or, you know, how people will be receptive of this. But then when you see that people have done it before and it did exist before, it's like, oh, for sure. Now it becomes something that you can actually see an intangible thing that you can hold in your hand. Um, and so seeing that and hearing that truly put the fire underneath me to want to do something like that and to really um, not be afraid of this notion of it failing um, and knowing that this is something that that is plausible. They did it, so why can't I not do it? You know, and um, so yeah. Bring, so that is the the way that Buxton kind of really got into my spirit, and um, 
and I, and I, I, I truly feel, and then also moving into this home too, that was built in the, you know, 19, early 1915. And so to know that the person who built this particular home probably would have never seen that a black man would be living in this space. You know what I mean? So it's like, again, that, again, that, so was that conversation with the notion of me occupying a space that is not built for me, thought, again, I can still, again, we're going to take up some more space. We've already started this trend of taking up space. We might as well keep going and not stop. And so um, I've always thought that, that again, that it, it's like one thing after another just keeps adding to the story that I'm trying, like I'm, that started from Buxton when it was incepted, that then got transversed to me of me taking this space to then now we're going to be taking up a lot more spaces in, in, in predominantly white spaces. And so when I think about how those spaces are being manifest, I, I, I see Buxton as not a, a particular place, but an idea. Um, and Buxton can be anywhere um, because again, where there, are, where there are black people in white spaces, we can always <laughs> take those spaces back. Um, and so it's all about, you know, again, bringing the beauty of ourselves into spaces that are not usually called our spaces and making them what they, making them our spaces because we deserve to be in those spaces too as well. And so it's, it's all about trying to harbor the beauty of blackness and to showcase it uh, to, to, to the world around us. And so, you know, my hopes is that you know, this, my hope is that through the inception of Buxton that we can actually bring this worldwide and, and actually make it into something that can exist in multiple spaces, different places, um, different avenues. Um, again, spreading that beauty of us to everyone. Well, let me step back a, a bit because you had on your Instagram account a beautiful image of the home that you're in, I believe. Uh, you mentioned the year 1915 and referred to it, I don't have that quote in front of me, but basically as a, a beacon, uh, an art beacon for all kinds of uh, black artists and creatives to see that place as an inspiration and a place to take, take space up, I guess. Um, and so is what you're saying that like your home, you want to do this in just a variety of places. Well, Buxton's an idea. You're not saying we're going to necessarily be a town. We're going to be wherever we are, and we're going to celebrate and elevate um, the black creative spirit, and that's what we're going to get to kind of start to watch for and observe? Exactly. Like, it's, it's going to be a... Um, you're right. It's, 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 it's going to be a beacon for everyone to know that um, in this world, uh, the black voice or the black creative is not always put on the forefront. And in Buxton, you are the star. Uh, everything that you do, whether that's creating art, whether that's creating food, whether that's being the designer, whether it's been a clothing designer, any aspect of yourself uh, will be highlighted. Um, and my hope is that, again, that is something that we can bring 
elsewhere, but then also bringing, you know, really beautiful black artists that like high end black artists that have been shown, you know, all over the country to these other small black communities as well. Because I think that not only should we be taking up white spaces, but we should also be bringing the information that we have to other spaces that possibly need that information. Because I, I, I can, I, knowing from myself of being a, a black, black boy in a predominantly white space, I wasn't given, art wasn't shown a focus to me. Like that wasn't even a, on the radar of things that people said that, or even told me I could be. And so if that wasn't in, if that's not what's happening in my environment, I can't even imagine what their the, the uh, kids living in lower income neighborhoods are even seeing that a possibility for them. And so I really, with, with this initiative, so it's not, so it's also about education too. Um, and, and, and taking the education that I have and the things that I've learned about the art world and helping black kids of, if they want to draw, if they really believe in themselves of wanting it, of giving them key to that, of, I, I know a lot because I've gone through it. And so here are the steps in which I took to get where I need to be, where I'm talking to you in front of you right now, so that you don't even have to go through that stuff. Because I did make a lot of mistakes on, on, on the way up. Um, and I still have long ways to go. And so uh, I just want to make sure that, again, as I'm learning, I'm always giving it back to my community in hopes of passing that baton forward. Um, I truly believe in investing uh, my money and, you know, the resources in which I have to help build others up um, rather than into things. Because I, I really believe that once you give someone a, an opportunity, you hope that they will do the exact same way of lifting people as we climb up together in hopes of creating almost a utopian type of, you know, universal uh, space in which black brilliance is on the tip of everyone's tongue because of this, again, this perpetual motion of one per passing one resource to another person, they pass it to someone else to then where when you look around yourself, it's all black people at the top now. You know what I mean? Of, of this, 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 again, talking about trying to exist with outside of this world that we've always told that we had to exist inside of and forcing them to have to come to us to get inside. So, so yeah, yeah. you're really uh, elevating the black arts community. Is that a fair phrase to even use? Is that kind of what's in your head? Or would you capture would say, it some other way? I wouldn't say elevating. I would say maybe... Concentrating. Because um, <laughs> it's there. It's there. Just people ain't yeah. paying attention. And yeah. I think that's the that's the big issue is, that I have with it. It's like I can tell you uh, a bunch of artists that I really appreciate, and I think work should be put on a pedestal and really be seen and uh, really paid attention to. But because again, talking about these resources, again that they're that are not um, able to access, um, and it's unfortunate. And so again, like I said, like. My only goal as an artist, but then as a creative and as an activist, is to provide that space for them. So I don't mind working hard enough to get my friend a, 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 
a, a, a way so that people can see him or her or so that they can see the beauty of what they do um, the way I see it. Because um, again, like I'd rather have all my friends at the top with me than be up there alone. Um, I think that's a, another fallacy in which the art world always perpetuates is this notion that is, is only you by yourself in that sense. And I don't believe that it has to be that way. I think we can all win. Um, but again, we just have to make the system ourselves. Uh, this system that is in play does not work for us. And we've, we can see that. And so now it's time for us to throw that thing away and start anew. So. Yeah, so you're really, you're really saying there's a whole new model out there for how uh, Black artists can work together and interact and be together uh, and show their stuff and I want to be one of the players in helping to make that happen. Is that fair? That is very, yeah, that, that, that's, yes. Like I, cause I see the beauty in us and I just want people to see it. That's it. Like, yeah, yeah, that's it. Like, I don't care about the money. Like, again, when I, when I apply for grants, it's always, again, trying to create a, a new experience for people to, you know, be able to enjoy uh, a new community space, you know, a, a new community engagement um, project that I'm working on or something to that degree. So it's, it's always as I get, again, this cycle of, yes, it's enough for me to eat and sustain my own living, but it's also to help propagate others and make sure that they can live too as well. Um, so, so you're doing this uh, to a large extent in predominantly white spaces. That's by your. That's what you've just said. What are the challenges you're running into when you do this work in those predominantly white spaces? Well, like, thankfully, not not that many, to be honest with you. Um, so that like, to kind of go back again, when I first started trying, like, I remember when I first got here. One thing that I, again, talking about, you know, having people, having people ha at the table and, and having people having a conversation with each other about these, excuse me, these issues in which are plaguing, you know, Des Moines and the Ames area, uh, de dealing with race and um, identity. And so usually what I would do is like, I would always preface this as a show and then from so it would be usually like museums and galleries um, that would give me the said space, and then once that space is being, you know, once they know that that is how I'm coming in, and then I'll just turn it into an event that turns into something else. And so it's all about um, you get your foot in the door, and then once they let you in, there's not really much I can do about it afterwards <laughs> um, and then like the contract has already been signed things have already been done um and so it's it's all about you know getting that access but then again bringing people along the ride with you um and also showcasing others that you believe that need to be showcased um and so like when i first had that first like community event i did it with a um, they were looking for artists to come show at uh, the firehouse um, in Des Moines. And I do, I had that space already. And I was like, why not just get a bunch of fish and, you know, hire a DJ and then 
you know, get a bouncy house and like recreate a space that I remember as a child loving. Like that's something that we would do every single Saturday, not every single Saturday, but maybe like three times, like when it, in, once in the spring and like once in the summer, like twice a year where me and my family would just rent out a, you know, a, a bouncy house and my, my aunties and uncles would just cook fish. And like, you would have like play music. They would have like card tables out on the concrete and like you'll have people playing cards dominoes and like it would it would turn to be like the the neighbors across the street would come over it's like hey can we get some food and like of course like our food is y'all's food and so like you'll then have like a gang of just kids that you don't know from the neighborhood just coming and enjoying themselves and like again that's how I got that different like being able to see both aspects of um the the black experience because I had my you know growing up in a predominantly white space but then I was also going down my grandmother's house who lived in a predominantly black neighborhood and so I was very blessed to understand like be able to see both sides of the coin um because there's a lot of people who don't get to see that aspect of, of 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 black life and so um I just remember how beautiful those moments were and it it kind of it really, it was a little frustrating about going back to a predominantly white space and not feeling that. Uh, again, like being surrounded by your people, talking the way that y'all's dialect is um, and not having to people question you about what you're saying. Cause I know when I get excited about something, I could talk really, really fast. And there they understand me, but then my teachers would be like, oh, excuse me, Cam, like, what are you trying to say? Or like, make me slow down. And so, which is inherently a violent thing to say to a black individual. Like I'm just trying to be myself and you're telling me that I have to, I can't be my full self in this particular space. And there, there was no, you know, Cam, slow down your talk, you, you know, speak in a different dialect, you know, like clearly and all this other notion that I was able to be my true self and not have to worry about a lot of other you know, inherently violent things that take place in white spaces. And so, again, I when I think about Buxton, that's exactly that feeling that I want to bring to people is this safe space where our dialects and our, our ways that we talk ring true. And anybody who are who is not of our diaspora can come, but you're going to have to get your get the dictionary, get Get whatever you need to, to try to decipher this, this because we we do that so much within our lives of this notion of of catering to white individuals. I want to I want to be a space where we don't have to cater to anyone. I want you to be your true and free self, and then let them catch up here. This is the space where that doesn't exist. Again, you are king. You are queen. Uh, you are a prince, you're a princess here. You exist as royalty. Um, so if I, were, if I were to ask you what you would see your role is as artist in creating these spaces and in um, someone like me showing up, um, it's on me to learn and to know and to appreciate and gain from that experience I would assume, mm. but what's your role as the artist in 
in putting all this together? Um, I see as, a, as purely a facilitator, um, I don't want to put parameters around what takes place in these particular spaces. Like, I think I, I love the idea of setting up the, the, setting up the, the space or the event, if you will. But what happens when people come and interact with it, I don't want to say, oh, you can't do that. Or, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I bask in the notion of setting up something and just seeing what happens. Because again, when I was thinking about that particular project I did, when I first moved to Ames, that's exactly what it was. It was this notion of, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna put this out there, tell people that I have a hundred pounds of catfish and I'm gonna have Alluvial, which is a local brewery, you know, brew, give me some beer and I'm gonna provide drinks and, you know, food and a DJ. And we're just gonna, we're just gonna see how the, how the people react to this thing. And, um, and I, and I've, I've been the give, I've been blessed with the, uh, with that able to be seen of, I've been blessed to be able to see the beauty of that. Like the second time we did it, um, two homeless men came and came, were just walking by, heard the music, walked by, was like, hey, can we get some fish? I'm like, yeah, sure. I mean, it's free. Like, I'm not going to tell you no. Like, this is for everybody. Everyone's welcome here. And then like, hey, can we go look at the art? I'm like, that, yeah, that's the reason why I have it out. Like, that's, I, I need, I don't know if the work is working if I don't show it to the people. Um, because it is like, like you said, it's, it's, it's my work is about you guys and making sure that your voices are the things that, um, that are affecting the people are being shown. Um, and so after they saw the work, they appreciated, you know, the food and asked me like, Hey, can we invite all the people from the shelter? I was like, of course, like, yeah, we, I mean, this, the fish ain't gonna eat itself. And so, uh, (laughs) So they came and it was it was a beautiful exchange because it made me realize that unbeknownst to me, the first time I did it, I was somewhat dismissive of that particular community. And I didn't even I didn't even think about it. You know, I didn't I, I, I was so trained to uh, thinking about, OK, the community, but I wasn't I wasn't really keen to the community in which I wasn't. I was not keen to the community in which I was also blocking from having an experience like that too as well. Um, because when we think about community, we think about the middle class, you know what I mean? Like middle, low class, low income to, to a, to a degree. Like, so like they have cars are able to get to places and, and have a little money, but like we, there, there was, I was still somewhat, you know, dismissive of the homeless community too. And so it was really beautiful to see, to, to really, not only for me to recognize that, but I was very blessed to see how everyone interacted with each other. It was really cool to see um, homeless people being able to be seen as human. Yeah. Um, because I, I, I know for, I used to work at the St. Louis Art Museum and I can't tell you how many times they've told, even though that it's, it's a free museum, anybody should be able to come in that they've stopped homeless people from coming in because of what they were wearing and what, you know what I mean? Like yeah. of just wanting to get out of the heat, like, come on, man, you can't do that. And so it was, it was, it was, it was a blessing 
to be able to not only feed the homeless during that particular uh, event, but then also uh, showcase their humanity too um, as people. Because I think that's something that a lot of people, we, we always look over these people or always think that we're better than them. And so to have them on the same level and be seen at the same level as anybody from, you know, making zero dollars to, you know, a millionaire that was there too, is like, there is no, we're, we're all humans and we all deserve this space and we all deserve this work and deserve to be celebrated and to be seen. So that was, that was a really eye opening moment. It's a, it's an, a wonderful story to share. It makes me want to ask you how you have seen your definition might be a strong word, but what, how the meaning of community may have changed for you as you've started to do these projects. Um, it's, I've always like loved the notion. I think that was like inherently in the bottom of my head, like, something that I've always loved to do of like in the aspect of really getting people out and getting people to be able to witness something that's um, without coming to the actual programming or coming to the event, they probably wouldn't have, they wouldn't have experienced. And um, I don't know, I just, I, I really love just seeing people interact with each other um, in a way that they probably would have never thought they would have ever if they didn't come. Like I was talking about, like, it was a really beautiful thing to see, you know, people of every single social class in this one space having conversations with each other and there not being any type of animosity, no, you know, like, oh, you need to get, you know, like, there wasn't any hostility um, because I think that's exactly who we want to be as people. Um, and I think that's the beauty of, again, having these events is that I think I learned a lot more about humanity. Um, I think the people that are also in this particular, uh, are being a part of this event are learning stuff about humanity as well, about, you know, again, the media is all, I mean, we are very divisive, but in this brief moment, or this brief time we do come together whether i mean yes you have the the um you have the uh incentive of free food but you still came and you still enjoyed yourself you were still able to have these conversations with people you probably would have never had conversations with and hopefully you learned something by the end of it about not only the prejudices that you may have held it within yourself that you didn't even know you had or, and it changed your perspective of, of the people that were there. And um, I don't know, I, I just, I, it's, it's just really nice to be able to provide people that space to learn, but then also challenge their beliefs too, as well. And challenge my own. Um, I think I learned something new every single time I do one of these, um, do one of these events and I'm excited about the next one. Um, and do you know when the next one is? And is it an event or are you having to do something different because of the pandemic? I'm, I'm trying to figure that out because we were supposed to have, I was supposed to have one in 2020 and it was going to be the biggest one that I had done yet. 
um, because I was again thinking about accessibility. So like not only what like so after that homeless uh, that homeless incident, I was like, okay, we have to build up the homeless community not only in Ames but then also in Des Moines as well. So that is like one big piece that I was like, okay, that's going to be our like one of our biggest focuses is really pushing that 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 uh that information out to all the homeless shelters in the surrounding areas oh, about nice. this particular event so that we can again be that space to again allow those people to be seen and to be heard um so that was going to be one but then also like busing people back and forth like again that was another thing that if you weren't if you didn't have a vehicle like you you didn't get an opportunity to come and so having a busing service too as well to allow people again you know being accept, trying to be as 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 accessible as possible um and so thinking about this new project um i i have a show coming up at olson larson's gallery is going to be a um at their like the little guild the little the box gallery that they have yeah yeah behind them um yeah, exactly. East of them. And yeah. so my hope is to uh, do do an installation there and then possibly have something in corresponding with that. Um, I've been teaming up again, talking about, you know, keeping my team and strong as possible, but then also not forgetting the people that I've worked with. And so Artis, who is my the, the chef that has been cooking since the beginning that I started this thing, to I told him like wherever I go, you got you got work. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I don't I don't care. If I got you know I'm gonna put that in my budget that if I need like food is always gonna be a huge proponent to any project that I do because I think that's really again it's it's a way of showing our culture but then also showing you know something that I really appreciate because I just love I love catfish. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie to you like that's one of my favorite things. But then also like allowing him the space to show his art too. Um, because I think that's something really beautiful too. Of like, I want to not only am I, a, you know, as I'm on a pedestal, you're gonna be on the pedestal with me. But I also want to make sure that they can sh- that you you can showcase yourself too, and and like come up with your own dishes that you know I might have something that I'm looking for. But then like if you want to throw something else in, or you know use this event to then promote yourself, or you know something to that degree, is another aspect that I want to I'm I'm thinking about too about this evolution of it, and so. With this installation, I'm thinking about um, possibly him cooking inside the space um, because I'm, I'm trying to create this sanctuary, this black sanctuary, um, this place of refuge, um, kind of very in the same way, same semblance of what I'm talking about Buxton, but in an installation style of approach to this particular thing of where um, the space cannot be entered by white individuals. Um, this is a, they, they can look in, but they can't come into the space. Um, and the viewer has to actually take their shoes off uh, to actually get in. Um, because I, I want that connection, that foot, foot, when you step into the space, you're stepping into a holy, a holy sanctuary, a, a, a place of solace. Um, a place of healing, um, a place that is built for you and only you in, in that sense. And so um, 
with that understanding of of this sacred place that this is, I also want to make sure that when you when you leave it, you also have something that's stuck onto you too, as in the smell of like when you leave that space, you still have that smell of the food that was being cooked inside that space on your on your clothes. So even when you leave and you go home, if you go in your dirty clothes hamper, or you open up your hamper, you're still going to be smelling that particular experience on you. Um, because I'm, again, when I'm thinking about fish fries, that was the, the always the underlining thing that always stuck with me as a kid is like, if I was going to wear some, like I would have to be very strategic on the things that I would wear to this thing. Because if I wanted to wear it to school the next day, I knew <laughs> I couldn't wear that shirt anymore. <laughs> like, people were gonna, people were gonna see me and like, Kim, why you smell like fish? Like, what have you been doing? I'm like, I don't know. They cooked yesterday. I'm sorry. Well, are you looking at all of these spaces being temporary or uh, aside from your home, perhaps uh, more permanent? I mean, I, I think the idea of Buxton is a very permanent thing. But the spaces themselves, I want to be able to be malleable. Um, I, as, a, as an artist and, and as a creator, I'm very, um, it's very important to me to evaluate what that performance would be or that installation would be based on the space I'm in. Um, and so I can't just say like, if I do this, like none of my shows that I've ever done have ever been repeats. And what I mean by that is like, I want to make sure that people are getting me as I am now currently, as the day that it, on June, I think I, I'm supposed to start putting stuff up like maybe like the 10th of June or like somewhere in between that first two weeks of June. On that date, when I start the installation, you are getting the current, my current thoughts, my current state of mind in this particular space. Yes, I'm thinking about it currently right now, but until I start the actual installation process, am I really going to understand what this space is supposed to be? And that, I think that's the, the hardest part for me as a creator is that notion of like understanding that um, I have to wait. Mm -hmm. And that's so nerve wracking because like, I want it to be great, right? Like I have, I want it to be incredible i want it to be immersive i want i i have these ideas for these things but i don't know yet until i'm there until june it, <laughs> i get like i get really like and and that's and it's it's scary um it's very scary because it, it what if it doesn't work but like i have to also tell myself that i can't think that way um You've got another great, another great quote where you say, but what if it does? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, for sure. For sure. And so like I have, I have to keep tricking myself into believing that, you know? And, and what would be working there for you? Uh, you know, obviously I'm struck a little bit by, as a white person about the fact that as a white person, I would not be allowed in, although I really understand why that is, I think. And uh, it makes a lot of sense. But when you're, when you're, I, I did pick up on that. And then you've got this place that's like really sacred and beautiful. And I just, I just really appreciate that and how it even, it, it even attaches to you as, as you leave. These are really interesting juxtapositions and interesting concepts. What 
would you want that to do or result in or become? In other words, what if it does work? What does working mean? mean? Yeah. Hmm. Working means um, that people start to, to, to realize the beauty of themselves. Because I feel like in this world, um, and I can tell you that just mainly on, mainly on experience of, I can't tell you how many times I thought of being lesser than a human, you know what I mean? Lesser than, than what I am as a black man, because I feel like black men, black women, black people have always been on the attack since the beginning. I mean, we, we talk about, um, 400 years, exactly 400 years, man. And so there's always been an attack on our beings and we've always been thrown to the, you know, the recesses of, of society. And I'm tired of that, of living in that, um, that depressive state of our history. I'm tired of um, reveling in slavery and that bondage that we've, we've gone through. I, I'm really, I really think that, um, I really believe that joy is a very revolutionary um, thought. Um, and what I mean by that is, again, they want us to revel in that. They want us to, again, keep reminding the viewer or people that we saw you as this and now you're promoting that same thought process to us, to your own people. So it's almost like we're doing their work for them and I'm tired of it. Because I, but then I, I, I will say that I was a part of that aspect of showing that negative aspect of how black people were being depicted and using that particular imagery within my work. Like you scroll through my Instagram, you can see where I've used Sambo imagery or aspects of the mammy um, within it. Um, and I'm, I'm tired of that because it's, it's not, I don't think it's really doing much for us it all it is is making us remember again where we were and so i'm all about the idea of liberation of the of the mind body and spirit and so that is what i want this particular show to do is to liberate people to in this space you are again in this space you are king um sun ra always talks about I watched his, uh, he did a doc, he did a movie called Space is the Place. And it's about this idea of black people leaving, like leaving this world to go off into space. And I want this show to be that space. Like we don't have to go far to find where we need to be. And th that is what that space will represent. That is what Sun Ra believed. That's what I believe. Um, that's why I believe our ancestors wanted to believe. It's not running away from it. It's in, it's creating that divot. And that's well, what and that's what yeah. Buxton is sanctuary. Exactly. Means. It's an absolutely beautiful, beautiful thought, and I can't wait uh, to be on the outside looking in, if that's permitted. <laughs> now you can. Now you can. I'm not Say you can't go. That was true. Yeah, I. No, I. I get it. Um, I mean, you you've got to understand. We've got to understand that that liberation piece. That you. It's not the word elevate. It's the word liberate. 
Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like it's a, and I love the aspect of, again, allowing the white viewer to understand what it feels like to be on the outside of where there are moments that you can't, and I have to figure this out because I wanted, I want there to be moments within the, within the space that you can only see inside. Um, or you can really only enjoy when you're inside because I want to have like secrets or some, some things that um, only the viewer or the, the per, and I don't, I'm debating, like now you got me thinking about it. Like <laughs> how I'm going, like how, how I could somewhat, I don't know. I'm the, yeah, I, I, I'm still trying to figure that out of um, how I can reward, like this is, this is a secret for us. And, you know, I'm not gonna allow photography or anything like that within the space. Um, I think it's only a space that should be walked into and enjoyed and somewhat like, I think I'm gonna try to get people to leave their phones outside too, so that it's really just you as a person in this space, quiet, you know, besides like the sizzle of cooked food being cooked or something um, to have that experience. Cause I think there's something really beautiful about that. You know what I mean? Like a, 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 a quiet space that is really basically made with you and in, intended, um, and no one else. Um, so yeah, I, I hope, I hope that people, like you said, liberation, like I said, liberation. And then, but I, I, I hope that people find, you know, wholeness through that space yeah. too. Yeah, uh, and and That's the again talking about the beauty of blackness and the beauty of us and the beauty of our beings and how powerful we are and how how glorious of, of individuals we are, um, to hopefully start promoting that particular narrative of joy and the beauty and the, you know the greatness of blackness within this country despite what we were given, um, the hand that we were dealt. So, yeah. Well, I wish for you and for all of us uh, many Buxtons. Oh, so thank, thank you. you for doing this work. I think it's going to be uh, tremendous and meaningful. So uh, we've been visiting with Cameron Gray, who's one of the five Iowa Creative Incubator Fellows uh, through Mainframe Studios. Please consider going to Patreon and supporting Cameron's work, as well as following him on Instagram at cam underscore go, G-O-G-H, as in man underscore go. And as always, uh, many thanks to my collaborator, Alex Cooney, to Mainframe's founder, Justin Mandelbaum, executive director, Siobhan Spain, and a big shout out to Bo Kenyon, a past 900 Views guest who has developed this Creative Incubator Fellows Program at Mainframe, and we're going to find out more about it over time as well. And we will hopefully hear more uh, from other fellows, too, down the line. But Cameron, um, they'll have a hard time. <laughs> so, uh, <yeah>. this is <laughs> Pat Buddy. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for joining us for this edition of 900 Views. Cameron, thank you so much. Thank you for having me.